0: One. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Luke Radowski joined with Tim Pachot, continuing the conversation from our previous video from our main channel, continuing on with the economic news, which is just absolutely inundated right now with talks of a universal basic income and Donald Trump with the treasury secretary saying that everyone will get more than $1,000 within two weeks of course there has been a lot of criticism of the kind of universal basic income which this looks like it is tim i want to discuss your effects of this and if there's even some shining light since americans are shopping especially with amazon amazon recently just discussed shutting down shipping for all non-essential items because Amazon, I have a friend that actually works on Amazon and they're telling me they're they're just inundated. They're raising prices so people don't buy stuff and people are still buying them. We're also going to be talking about price gouging, which is important. We're going to talk about that that, uh, sanitizer guy that the media is hating. Meanwhile, they're working with Wall Street that are absolute bigger criminals and make them look like nothing compared to the actual activity happening on Wall Street right now. But the Dow is rallying a thousand points. People are saying people are shopping. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to give everyone a thousand dollars. Is that the case, Tim? Because uh, uh, I don't know. I usually don't believe in uh, fairy tales and uh, ponies and uh, unicorns uh, myself.
1: Well, as fate would have it, the Dow is actually up six six six. So that's exactly another another great sign for. I'm not even joking right now. It is literally up six sixty six. Okay, now five thirty seven. So, but yeah, one of the things I want to I want to point out is take a look at right here is a chart of the U.S. uh, federal income. And so what we have is it breaks it down by you know uh, state or breaks it down by uh, corporate taxes, payroll taxes, uh, and so you're taking a look at this basically a little under $2 trillion, $1.9 trillion is how much the U.S. takes in in income taxes. And when you take a look at all the measures that the Federal Reserve and Mnuchin and Trump and everybody else is doing, it's sort of the bigger question than UBI to me is why is there even income taxes to begin with? I mean, if the US can just, if, or Federal Reserve, which is technically not the same thing, anyone that, that knows me knows that I know that. So what we have here is a system that is not meant to help people out. It's meant to control people. They don't need income taxes. They need to control people. They need to socially engineer people to do certain things that they want people to do. And so so when you take a look at okay the fed is what they've had three 500 billion dollar uh q uh i guess technically they weren't qe programs three 500 billion dollar repo three month repo operations that's 1.5 trillion right there which is almost the uh you know amount of corporate income tax to be taken or sorry that's actually way more than the corporate income taxes that's almost as much as the uh as the individual income tax then we have um, there was another $700 billion QE program launched. So, okay, right now we're already up to 2.2 trillion. And then we've got the daily program. So I mean, we're already uh, basically approaching, especially once you count this, you know, $800 billion you know, corporate business plan they've got going and all the QEs and all the repos and all the everything It's probably gonna add up to more than what we even collect from every income tax source. Combined. So it sort of leads the question that the Fed can just print money anyways. Why is there even income tax? Well, I know why. It's a, it's a question I know the answer to, which is because they want to be able to control people. So I think the better thing to help kickstart this economic engine is to just have no one pay any taxes because, I mean, we know taxation
0: <laughs> theft. Yeah, And, and like, does it matter, especially with the government going in debt every year, especially with Donald Trump increasing the debt? Like, it doesn't matter. It's play money. It's make believe money anyway. Right. Tim? It's like, you know, if you're going to if you're going to give instead of just giving people something, stop taking it away from them. Right. <laughs> that, that would make more sense.
1: Well, it's easier to get more votes when you can when half the country doesn't work and you can just you know give votes to certain certain group of people that they would rather have that. but t- Trump about uh, about a month ago said something along, maybe it's about uh, maybe it was in January, somebody asked him about the budget and he goes budget. Who the hell cares about a budget we've got a country now well guess what right now we don't have a country and we don't have a budget i mean of course you have a country but you know what what is it what is a country i mean america the idea of america versus what america is today obviously every single founder would be rolling in their grave i don't want to speak for the founders that's just
0: you know what i think personally but but it's not just you know when we look at the country it's not just the federal government the federal jurisdiction that's in debt it's also local jurisdictions it's cities it's states indebted up to their head with money that they can never pay back any the, the amount of debt i mean people say it's 23 trillion it's actually a lot higher so i i mean I, I, again i definitely agree with you instead of giving americans a thousand dollars they should not be taking it away from other people since again we're playing with make-believe zeros and ones on keyboards and computer screens that absolutely have no mathematical or rational common sense at all so stop stealing that would be best and then the people who would be poor, would, would have more of an opportunity to, of course, uh, you know, give them a freaking fr- fishing rod, in, in a sense, instead of giving them a fish, which is essentially what the, this is. And, I, and and again, many people say that this is going to be the ushering in of, of socialism. I mean, we're long there, especially with corporate socialism, corporate welfare to the richest people in this country, not even in this country, multinational corporations that are ready to get hand over fist, all the aid and assistance that they're getting. So uh, to me, this is definitely a big criticism of Donald Trump uh, that I think more people should realize. And I think there should be a more of a discussion about, but, but of course we won't be hearing this kind of discussion because Fox News is gonna be cheering him on. CNN with their new Andrew Yang puppet are gonna be like, yay, UPI. And it's all backwards in my opinion. But how do you see things moving forward, especially with, again, the numbers of coronavirus uh, uh, increasing even without testing being done uh, in, in, in major swamps of uh, this country. The numbers are about to skyrocket. Uh, it's only going to get worse here. Financially, they're, they're they're pulling out all the stops. Will it be enough? Will it work? What's your assessment on it, Tim?
1: I mean, they've, they've pulled out all the traditional stops that they used to use. And let's also remember that less than a year ago, uh, they came out, Jerome Powell being they, came out and said that the, uh, quote, untraditional methods of uh, basically getting the financial system back together should now be viewed as being conventional. So these are the reason they now what they want to do is they want to go to negative interest rates, because as you alluded to the real debt, it isn't 23 trillion. That 23 trillion doesn't include social security. Doesn't include Medicare, which is a bigger unfunded liability than that. Doesn't include any of these wars. Doesn't include all the different healthcare expenditures that go on. Doesn't include. So let's say you've got a uh, man-made or natural disaster. You got an earthquake. And let's say the earthquake causes uh, half a trillion dollars of damage that half a trillion doesn't count towards the debt or the deficit numbers either and so it's sort of like saying you know hey you know what everything is going great with me financially if you don't count my mortgage my student loans my car payment Uh, my food and energy, uh, you know, my kids schooling, if you don't count all that, I'm doing great. And that's basically what the government does. It's just a ridiculous notion. I mean, I am a financial planner. So like my job is to then sit with people and let them know how they can hit their retirement goals. And so if I were to act as if in the same manner as the government, I mean, everybody would be okay, because we just don't count everything. Except even when you don't count that stuff, we're still screwed, even by the those numbers so what i expect you were just talking about the and i think this is a good analogy you were talking about the corona cases and how in the u.s they're going to start exploding i think we've only just seen the beginning of what's going to happen with both uh ubi and with uh and with all the the drastic measures the fed's taking so if you're taking a look at everything the fed's doing right now okay you know trillion dollars here trillion dollars there 500 billion dollars here just throwing out money like it's going out of style and uh I think that's going to continue. And I think we're going to see $5 trillion programs, $10 trillion programs, $20 trillion, and we're going to hit that hockey stick type graph. They're worried about this climate change hockey stick graph. That's going to be the last thing they worried about when all this economic stuff goes down. And this is a big deal. I was telling my dad this about two months ago and so he was saying, Oh, you're always talking about this economic stuff and it going down, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, why do you care so much? And I go, I care so much because this is, there are people that are going to be, dying because of what goes on economically this is not this is not hyperbole there are people in venezuela right now that have to pimp out their 15 year old daughters so that, that way they can eat this is major and i don't want to have that happen to my daughters i don't want to have that happen to your daughters your granddaughters your kids and maybe it doesn't happen for another 20 years maybe it doesn't happen for another 50 years well i don't want it to ever happen and so that's one of the reasons why i've had such a fire under me the you know ever since i found out the federal reserve is private because this is a gigantic screw job that we're living on i don't even necessarily think it's a big conspiracy by jerome powell and the people running the fed right now they're just puppets in this machine doing the role that they've been told to do and Donald Trump I said from day one when he got in there that if he did a thousand things I wanted him let's say there's a thousand things I want him to do and he does 999 of them but number the, the one thing he doesn't do is is it help you know use his position to change as in the bully pulpit to then change people's perception on the fed because what he's done is he's gotten a lot of people to hate the fed and people are texting me all the time especially when he was out there criticizing Jerome Powell early on he's criticizing for them for all the wrong reasons back in 2016 he was saying that in quote the fed is doing political things they're trying to help out hillary they're trying to help out obama they're keeping rates low and now he's complaining about the same thing i mean he is right that i mean he's in a rock in a hard place this was episode one of my podcast if you guys want more financial information i do have a tempered show the liberty advisor podcast where it's got you know tons of information basically it started the week trump got in into office and it's it's just unfortunately i the worst thing i thought he could do was wrap himself in the stock market and i said they are going to pull the rug from him before the before he gets out. And so, whether this was man-made, you know, coronavirus type thing or not, whether it was deliberate or not, you know, the rug has been pulled out. Their media is trying to exacerbate whatever is going on to help get more people in panic, to help you know basically get to the situation where we're in. It's not helping anybody out. And so, to answer your question, I think that these moves by the Fed, we're going to start seeing them get even more, more and more and more. And so it's like an alcoholic that right now that that we've been absolutely waiting we and I, excuse my language right now but this is a direct quote from Richard Fisher the former uh what was he no cursing this is it's not it's not cursing but this is a quote from Richard Fisher the former Dallas had fed I was trying to think I'm like over here like trying to think uh, of what the guys what, what position he was at so he was on CNBC I, I know I've used this clip before in some of my other videos where he said right now we have been given the economy heroin and cocaine and now we've taken that away and we're trying to maintain it on ritalin this was about three years ago i think when he said this so so you can search richard fisher dallas fed it's in there he's talking on cnbc well guess what the ritalin wasn't enough we're back up to even more heroin cocaine using their words not mine and uh and so maybe now we're going to kick it up to fentanyl but guess what maybe now and then i i heard apparently there's things even stronger than fentanyl i guess there's something called like Car bomb fentanyl or something like that, and so that's something where if you even touch a drop of this that you could die it's like a thousand times what fentanyl is so that's where the feds going they're going to put start putting fentanyl into this market and you're either going to die because we're going to have the because we can't have the withdrawals of getting off of that or we're going to die because we're going to overdose having too much fentanyl either way it's a bad position to be in either way you know you and i and a lot of other contrarians and austrian econo- economists out there trying to stop this stuff but there is no way to stop it there is no easy button to press i'm not trying to be alarmist uh yeah, I mean that—that's all I got right now, Luke. Because yeah. it's just—it's just almost too much to keep up with at, at it, this point. It,
0: yeah, yeah, it, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm looking at the headlines. I could talk about a million other things that are happening right now. Finally, the Treasury Secretary is saying that this is going to be worse than a 9/11 with the airline industry. He previously said that there's going to be no recession at all. I mean, two days. The ago. drug analogy. Yeah, the drug analogy is perfect. Sorry, you, you were saying something.
1: So two two days ago he was saying yeah, that there's no yeah. sign of recession. Two yeah, days ago. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, No, no recession. I Everything's mean, fine. Don't worry. same with Donald Trump. I'm like, come on, come on, let's let's be real with people. The more honest Conversations that, that we could have with the people in charge, the more people could prepare, the more we could safeguard ourselves, the more we could actually make sure people don't get screwed and hurt. And I know so much chaos happening right now with people holding on to false hope. Uh, but, but also, another point I wanted to make really quick before I jump into that is that uh, there are a lot of people on Wall Street and also a lot of politicians that do a lot of drugs. A lot of drug abuse so perfect drug analogy but again because well, that's of the why
1: they're, that's why they're out a on hundred dollar bills in uh manhattan yeah. too. So. <laughs> yeah
0: I, I have a friend right now who I, literally right before going on she's texting me freaking out uh she you know she was uh exposed to a person who has confirmed tested coronavirus she slept in the same bed as this woman and i i told her please quarantine don't do it you know she she didn't do it but she, she's at work right now and her boss You know, was told about the situation and he's running a real estate company and he's like, no, we need to, we need you to hear, we need you to keep working. And I'm like, they don't understand. There's a lot of businesses who are pressuring their workers to work right now that have been exposed to this virus because they think somehow things are going to be back to normal soon. They're not. They're not at all. You look at the government, they're panicking, they're confusing, they have different talking points. People are, are uselessly taking risks because they're not told the whole truth and nothing but the truth about this situation. And more people are being hurt, more people are being injured, and more people are being being made sick about this virus. And as you said, it's not only the virus that's gonna hurt them, it's gonna be the larger economic ramifications that are absolutely insane. There's a line that's gonna have to be drawn. In, in, our, in our next videos, uh tomorrow that we're going to be doing we're going to be talking about that line and when exactly that line will uh collapse and when it will be enough of this phony money uh magic uh fairy tale unicorn bull crap uh that we exist right now but one thing is clear i picked a perfect time to partner up with you tim pichette Pichotte? Pichotte. I, sorry, I keep butchering your name. To, so. yeah, I thought
1: you said no swearing on here. So the world's going to Pichotte, but no. no Pichotte, so.
0: so I picked a perfect time to partner with you. You have your own kind of uh, you know, uh, side thing going on. You got your own also YouTube channel. I got my main YouTube channel, but uh perfect time to partner up with you, especially in this kind of financial meltdown of our of our century. So anything else you wanna say before we close it off here, Tim? No, we didn't know that
1: the world was, uh, when we decided, hey, let's just do it on Monday, we didn't realize that the world would be going to crap uh, on, the, on that day. I mean, not only the world going to crap, but no one's got any more toilet paper left. So, but this yeah. is, uh, you know, what an exciting time to start this. Just, you know, you know we'll be looking back on this time uh, years from now and- People man, want toilet paper more than they want Bitcoin. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, pretty soon, uh, I saw somebody comment that yeah, pretty soon we'll, we'll know we're in trouble when they start
0: pricing uh, Bitcoin in toilet paper rolls. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Thank you, Tim, for joining me. Thank you, amazing people, for joining us as well. Stay tuned for more videos every single day here on the Change the News channel. Welcome back, beautiful uh, and amazing human Stay beings. Beautiful. This is Luke Radowski and Tim Pichot here on the Change the News channel. Today, we're going to change things up. Ha ha ha, quirky music playing just like they do on the, the stupid, annoying mainstream media. No, we're not going to have that. We're going to have a real discussion with a doctor. Tim, who are we are going to be talking with?
1: Thanks, Luke. So we are talking today with Dr. Frank Tamburi. Dr. Frank is a naturopath and physician who has been uh, been on top of the coronavirus issue since the beginning of January. He's very well respected in the alternative health community and very well-known member to all of us here at Freedoms Phoenix community, where he has appeared hundreds of times as a co-host of Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock. And in addition to his medical expertise, Dr. Frank is also well-known for his geopolitical and cultural analysis. He famously bet one dollar that Donald Trump would win the nomination right after Trump came down the elevator to announce <laughs> the election to run. And at the same time, he also convinced Ernest Hancock, who's a pretty well-known uh, voluntarist libertarian, to have co-host a weekly show called The Trump Report. And correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Frank, but has that been going on? Was that going on since May 2015?
2: Yes, it has. <laughs> We've had plenty of arguments to prove it every week. That's right.
1: Yeah. But I mean, but right now, I mean, you've got a ton of information you could share with us when it comes to uh, Trump. But, you know, with you being a doctor and or being a, a naturopath, we, we just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of see what you're seeing right now from the, the coronavirus uh, side of things and also where, uh, you know, when this first kind of came on your radar and when you started yeah. taking this seriously.
0: And and, then, Tim, if I could add, uh, I think the first question, I just want to just get right into it. What's the important information that we're not hearing on the mainstream media? Uh, What's the information that's being denied to us? Uh, Doctor, go ahead uh, and and take the stage.
2: That's that's fair enough, not to bury the lead. There's there's many odds and ends we can get into. Uh, Some people are interested about different natural treatments or things this and that, but no, the main thing is this. Um, It was kind of uh, hinted at by watching the British do their CDC uh, uh, analysis. And many times the stiff upper lip and the the curtness and just directness of the British sometimes comes into play. Uh, They gave a press conference a number of weeks ago about this, let me explain. What you're kind of missing uh, and the dancing around that Donald Trump is doing, again, politics aside, When people keep asking about, well, how come he's not doing a hard quarantine? How come he's not taking it more seriously? Are you using the Army Corps of of Engineers to make more, you know, makeshift hospitals, Gonzo hospitals? Are you getting ready to have, you know, basically open group morgues that, that, that they're going to have to have. I mean, in Italy, you know, they're, they're having, you know, basically group burials at this point. Um, so things are going to get pretty dire. And many people on the left, especially with the, political, the politicalization we have going on, you know, they're, they're trying to throw this noose around with Trump. And Trump, I have to say, has been showing his distance, kind of dancing around along with his entire administration about some of these questions. He's very direct in his answers to almost every other question. But everything around that he's been pulling back from. So I want to explain what I think is being missed. And the British, as I said, sort of hinted at what, the, what is going on. It's what's called quarantine fatigue. And the concern is that, is that if people quarantine too early, then they get blown out you know, people are very active at first. I deal with prostate cancer. That's actually my specialty and that's all another discussion. But let me, let me use prostate cancer for a second. Prostate cancer usually does not kill people immediately. Uh, matter of fact, most people outlive it, you know, one out of 40 chance that you'll die. Most people don't. But when people are first diagnosed, the first thing they want me to do is sell them tons of medicines and IVs and they want to go to Tijuana and they want to spend thousands of dollars and they have to feel like they're doing something. If not, well, then if, you know, it becomes a problem. But I try to explain to them, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you have to keep your powder dry until you see the whites of the eyes of this cancer if or when it gets to the point where it truly is about to shorten your mortality. Then you throw your resources at it. It's hard for some patients to do that because when they're first diagnosed with cancer, they just they have to do something. That same mentality is going on here. First, people were laughing at the coronavirus, and and I'll answer Tim's question later about why I got into this early. But, uh, you know, at the time, I was buying toilet paper and masks and goggles and everything back in January, and people were just laughing at me, and that's fine. I'm used to it, and I'm sure most most people on this channel are used to being contrarian in most things in our life. But anyway, the thing is, is most people were not ready. If Donald Trump did what he should have done, and I'm not saying he was wrong, but if he turned around and had a hard quarantine back at the end of January – we could have perhaps avoided most of this. However, just think how, think how that would have come off if he had a hard quarantine in January when we didn't even have really one case in America yet. You know what I'm saying? At least not known. Well, yeah. Frank, go right right now on screen... Go ahead, Tim.
1: Right now on screen, I have a uh, tweet from Chuck Schumer, and, and this is February 5th, exactly to your point. The premature travel ban to and from China by the current administration is just an excuse to further his ongoing war against immigrants. There must be a check and balance on these restrictions. So, you know, on one hand, the Democrats are saying he's not doing enough. And then here they are just, you know, a month ago. Exactly. Okay, he's doing exactly. too much.
2: Exactly. I mean, he had the balls to sit there and stop all all traveling from China and they called him a racist and the the usual cast of characters doing their you know the usual isms on him but you know let's put that aside so if he couldn't even do that imagine telling everyone to stay home and keep your kids home and shut down the schools okay that would never happen now, if you, if you mentioned that today, you could go back in some DeLorean you know, a month or so, then of course people would say, yeah, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll you know, the people would be up for it. But the point is the cat's out of the bag and when you lo- understand the numbers and the R0 factor, and we can talk about that later, the specifics of what the R0 factor means as far as trans- transmission and why someone like me was really on top of this one early, it's because of that R0 factor. It was yep. different than Mir's, different than SARS. No. Anyway, that, that aside, so to get to, to, get to lose point, what are, what's kind of being missed, it's the fact that now that it's already out, now that people are paying attention, now they're in panic mode saying, well, tell me what to do. Tell me, doctor. Tell me, Mr. President. Shouldn't we shut everything down and you know, shut the whole world down? Well, the thing is, if you do it now, when not too many people are sick, and when the hospitals are not yet overwhelmed, then everyone's going to blow their so-called wad, so to speak, now. And then they're gonna get worn out. They're going to, they're, and after about two weeks of quarantine, people start to get tired of it. If anything, people get tired of being at home and with the kids and they get stir crazy. And then people start breaking quarantine. So if, you, so, so if you issue another quarantine, a hard quarantine later, it's less effective, right? Each time you get less compliance by people. There's also another extremely important reason that I'm sure this audience and the two of you will definitely hone in on, and that is money. Most people have no savings. So in order to take vacation time, quote, or how much money they have saved up, how many people can take the time off for two weeks in the first place? But the thing is, we're going to need everyone to be really hard quarantined for two or three weeks later when the wave absolutely crashes on this. We start having the diagnoses in the millions, which is going to happen in about a month. When that happens and it starts to overwhelm the entire medical system and this giant wave is about to crash on the hospital system, which is like a little house underneath it, that—that that is what England, Europe, and America is waiting for. And that is when they're going to say, now you do the hard quarantine to cut off that 25% of cases as much as possible to give some yeah. breathing room to the hospital system. So yeah. that is why Trump and those guys are kind of like, they're, 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 mix, they're they 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 have this mixed they have they're caught in a in a spot because they're trying to warn people to get ready but then people are panicked and are saying well then why aren't you telling me to do more and they keep backing off from what they're really waiting for. Does that make sense,
0: guys? Well, the, well, this is the thing that kind of uh, gets me is that there's been a lot of conflicting messages between what Trump is saying, what the vice president is saying. I don't think it's time to play politics. I think, yes, people are politicized this on the left. People politicize this on, on the right. The left was saying, you know, quarantines are racist and all this other nonsense. But I, I think just having the example of Italy even if Donald Trump would have taken aggressive actions, I don't think the politics matter here at all, and I think they shouldn't matter at all, especially when you look at what's happening right now in Italy. We're finding out that 50 to 70% of people are completely asymptomatic in one specific town in Italy when everyone got tested. This is one of the reasons why people are saying how quickly this spread. To me, slowing this down, not testing people, not doing the right steps because of politics is not an excuse because people will die. And I've been taking this seriously since january two. people were making fun of me at costco i was telling all my family all my all my loved ones I was like let's go let's prepare for this let's make sure we have at least at least two months and i was t- and then they're like you're crazy you're crazy um and again panic is kind of setting in this is not a time to play politics and if you look at the successful cases of of countries dealing with this singapore Uh, The territory of Hong Kong, Russia, New Zealand, they follow the basic protocols of uh, pandemic and pandemics. The United States is not doing that. They're saying, and the two basic protocols that the United States is not doing is, is a full quarantine like those other countries did, and of course, aggressive testing. There's no tests. What's happening with the test doctor? Because Donald Trump promised us 1 million tests will be here. The tests aren't fricking here. I have a friend who's sick, who has a fever. I had a I I now I'm thinking of it to choose two close people next, you know, two, two close people that I personally know very well who are very, um, symptomatic of this. They can't even get anything. What's happening with the test and why is Donald Trump saying there's a million tests when there's absolutely not?
2: Well, um, first off, this test issue is also occurring in uh, England and other countries. So it's not just in America. Um, one of the reasons that I've heard, I don't, so don't take this to the bank. So it can't, I haven't been able to confirm this in a second way, but is that there was, in perfect American style, is that when, the, when this coronavirus test was put together, it was bundled for, you know, whatever reason, I guess uh, someone's making a few bucks, with two or three other tests. And then when it went for approval, one of the other tests in the bundle didn't pan out. And so therefore the, the entire test kit that included the coronavirus test had to be thrown out because it was bundled together. Now I think once that occurred, Donald Trump then said that's BS, and you know he just got rid of that restriction. But that was one of the hangups as well. Also, is trying to get the test kits. Keep in mind, it's not just a simple test where you just take a take a blood test, you know, also going to Going to your doctor, you needed doctors to even recognize this problem, and then send the, the send the samples to the two or three places that that were available at the time. Um, the other thing is is that this test. I don't know if you guys are aware, because you know information is going so quick, and it's hard to tell what this audience knows or doesn't know. But this is they have to use what's called a nasal pharyngeal swab. Do you guys know about that? Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. My friend, my friend was describing it, and he says it's not a very comfortable procedure to say the least.
2: It's, it's not As a matter of fact, not to be funny about this, but if you ever go to like the uh, I don't know to, to the fair or you go to a carnival, you know the carnival guys, the sword the swallowers, they take the sword and they stick it all down their throat well there's also little cheap theatric tricks you can do where you can take a, a long sword or something and stick it in your nose, and it goes all the way in, and it you know, freaks people out. Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it at home. We Not medical advice. Med- yeah, I, I still remember in medical school when our t- when our professor showed that showed us this in lab, and they took they took one of our friends as the demo, and they put it in, and I was aghast watching. I didn't realize you could do that. This this thing just went in and in and in. So you have to know where where these different sinuses are, but you actually. Put the probe all the way in, and it goes a number of inches into your head. It's pretty disconcerting. But the point is, is that this is not just a little sputum sample. You need someone who knows how to do this, who actually can put that probe in. And that's one of the problems they have. The other issue is when they put this probe all—it's—it's it's like taking a long Q-tip and sticking it all the way, all the way back uh, into your gag reflex. And you are going to cough. You're going to hack. You might almost have a vomit or a, you know a, a sensation reflex. So therefore, the person that is administering the test is gonna be completely spit on, which means the healthcare worker has to take full precautions and be all bundled up in order to administer it. And then after they administer it, then they have to take all their clothes off and then rebundle up for the next patient because they can't contaminate the next person. So so this is why it's a whole nother a, a sticking level, you know, from patient's point of view, they just go to their doctor, they take a blood pull, and you find out in two days, if you have a test, that's how patients think of this, but that's not what this is. This is, it's an involved process and also not to infect other people. So that's, that's another part. Now they're trying to also do this test, not in hospitals because they're trying to keep everyone from getting to the hospitals, which is what they did in China and, and, and with Italy as well. Everyone shows up, they overwhelm the system and then everyone's sitting around coughing and hacking in the lobby and the hospital is the last damn place you want to be. And that's what i have been warning on Freedoms Phoenix for quite some time. You have to be able to, just, if nothing else, assume that you're going to get it and make sure that you can stay at home and self-diagnose, self-treat, and stay the hell out of the hospital as much as possible. And also, mm-hmm. just a real quick thing, if you're going to get it, you want to get it now. Because yeah. that, now the respirators are still available. Okay, that's the, the, little, that's the little trick or hint. Well, so if you know someone with coronavirus, go, go give them a nice big wet kiss Hopefully you get it and that way you can survive it. Now, if everyone, when the tidal wave hits, there won't be enough respirators. But anyway, that's, that's kind of the issue with this test is they're not trying to have everybody in the hospitals. So therefore, they want people in parking lots, which is a very, very good move. It's never been done before to offer these tests separate. So if you have a fever, they're telling you go to some remote area where they can administer this in your car. But now think about this. You're going to have some guy sit there and put a probe all the way into your nose, into your mouth, hacking at all this in your car, however they're doing this remotely. So it it is an undertaking. There's a lot of stuff involved.
0: This is is what kind of perplexes me because as of March 11th, Russia administered 73, sorry, close to 80,000 coronavirus tests. That's 870% more than the United States did. They have zero deaths reported. Uh, There's a major ventilator maker uh, and this is according to Max Bergen who, that, was, that recently came out and did interviews and says we could make and produce 500% more ventilators. Uh, no one's giving us these orders. The government's not telling us to do these things. The Surgeon General, CDC, conflict each other. India is taking better approaches at the airport than we are. India is screening people uh, as soon as they get out of the plane outside of the tarmac area. In the United States, people are lumped in together. It seriously feels like the, like, the, this government is trying to make this as bad as possible. That's my assessment on it because of how other countries successfully did it. I mean, how long did it take us to do those drive-through tests when South Korea was already doing this? This was way ahead. I mean, as me, me and you were prepping since January. Yeah. The government, I don't know
2: what they're doing, but
0: it seems like they're trying to make this worse, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I can't argue with some of those points. And, and you know, we, we are, look, it, it, not to be uh, uh, cliche about it, but this is a war. It's a war on an invisible enemy and um and like with any war you know the truth and facts are one of the first victims the infamous fog of war and we're in a fog of war right now you know not to mention you've thrown the internet on top of it it's it, it it is i agree with you i i will admit that you know people like yourself and i and others have been watching this early we saw the numbers and there's no way that the cdc here in america who's definitely keeping tabs on overseas if nothing else because China does the manufacturing, and they also buy they also use our dollars to float the debt. So that's a whole other reason that I was actually watching this as The Economist in me, which is a whole other world before I got into medicine. So I was looking from that perspective, and I'm sure our government was watching it. Um, now, I'm not going to blame Trump on it despite being a Trump fan, I will admit, so, and that's a whole other argument, but uh, for the most part, but remember, it's not just him, it's the infrastructure underneath. You know, I mean, you don't come president and all of a sudden be in charge and, and understand who's running the CDC and what their talents are completely to handle this. So I don't know whether they are aware of it, where or or, or they're aware of it and not telling people or playing a, a long game, maybe because of the economy. Remember, that's a whole nother issue, of course, is when do you tell people, when do you freak people out, uh, how do you put the drag shoot on the economy? Do you, do you just... Just let it go and focus yeah. on the virus. That's In my opinion, you,
0: you just tell, you just so tell them know. the truth because lying freaks them out. When, when the Surgeon General's saying masks don't work and the majority of people are asymptomatic, don't don't that they have it and they keep spreading it, and, and they're not wearing masks because the Sur- Surgeon General's telling them masks don't work. Come on. Like, like, there has to be a burden of responsibility. Tim, I know you have some questions as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this really is kind of bleeding into all of Doctor Frank's worlds. I mean, his main world is, is uh, medical, and also with, with Trump world, and they're both coming together right now. And one thing I picked up from the debates, which I watched very little of the debates uh, the other day, actually the one that was out here in Phoenix, which I guess nobody went to, but uh, which which maybe was an excuse because no one wanted to go to it anyways. <laughs> But uh, w- one thing I picked up there from the debate that I listened to is everything was we need a strong leader who we need one person to order this and one person to order that and uh, you know and that's the big problem is that you know the problem is we've got governors doing different things what we really need is a strong executive we need that one person that one Superman to just make all the orders and to me you know it's what Ernie always talks about you know it's a classic you know centralization versus decentralization and it seems like everyone wants a more centralized response to this and what do you think? a centralized response versus, you know, having a decentralized response. And, and you know, what, where do you kind of uh, fit in that, in that spectrum?
2: Wow, you know, right to the heart of it. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I have my own friends and family group chat that we've put together to keep ourselves informed around the country. And my sister, who is a statist, she works on Wall Street. So you can imagine, you know, the arguments or the discussions we don't have because she just thinks we're all crazy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. She wound up sending me a link that she heard from Dr. Ron Paul. Did you guys happen to hear Dr. Ron Paul's comment just a couple days ago? What did he you say exactly? Yeah, he, uh, I'll send you the link. It was interesting, and uh, long story short, he was, he was uh, calling this, but let's just say, let's just say um, very suspicious about the government jumping into all these measures because of coronavirus and using another crisis to take away freedoms, and, and which I completely agree on. And I had to try to be the, the broker between her and what Ron Paul was saying. It's kind of like what I do on Freedom's Phoenix. Not to be too funny here, but in my real world, my walking around world, all of my friends and family think I'm some crazy anarchist libertarian, except the days I'm on Freedom's Phoenix, because compared to Ernie Hancock and the, and the true libertarians, I'm a statist. <laughs> you know, so I, I can't win on either side. I have to be kind like of that moderate. And I'm not a moderate, but I'm more of a libertarian conservative, to be honest. But anyway, I understand where Dr. Paul is coming from, and that's the issue, is that once people don't seem to pay attention, but once the crisis occurs, how quickly people are willing to give up their rights, how quickly they're willing to just give up freedoms out of panic and fear. They'll even give up their fellow neighbors and family people sometimes. I'll just give you just a couple examples. I mean, we well, the one we all know, we saw what happened with, with Katrina, and they came and they just knocked on doors and took your gun, saying, it's an emergency, this time, it's different. We have to do it, right? And people, you know, most people just kind of buckled under and said, well, we have to at this time. Similarly, it's already starting just today. I think I sent you, Tim. There's right now a person in Kentucky, I think, who's under arrest, or not arrest, house arrest. The cops are outside his house because he refused to be quarantined. He's been diagnosed with coronavirus and he's still going outside. So now he's under house arrest with the police standing outside. Also, the, 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 those idiots, well, I've at work, F- free capitalists those two kids brothers who got all the hand sanitizer you know that story that went around for a while you guys remember that story
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah those yeah. guys are petty crooks compared to wall street in my opinion no,
2: exactly no i completely agree but i'll tell oh, there there's there's the link thanks tim <clears throat> but i'll tell you what i don't know if you guys heard the rest of the story but as they were getting getting uh, 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 inundated with hate mail and f- tweets and whatever else i guess they took a break and they got out of town for a few hours because they're getting people show up at their house. Well, as they're out of town, some of you may not have heard, but the attorney general showed up to their house. And when they were not even there, they went into their garage and seized all of that hand sanitizer. Now you've got people on the internet, the so-called internet is saying, Oh, good for good for the government because these guys are idiots and asses and you know, all the rest, but you know, yeah. Okay. You could sit there and say that they're taking advantage, blah, blah, blah. But when people are very quickly able to turn on citizens and say, yes, the government can come in, you're not even home, and just raid your your inventory, and people are clapping, and it's starting already. Those are the concerns Dr. Paul's talking about. And yes, the decentralization versus the federal system. And one other point, uh, I will give credit uh, about some of the unification of the parties, one of which is uh, Governor Mario Cuomo. He's doing a fantastic job, I got to say. Uh, he, I've been watching his press conferences. He is a leader. I'll tell you, he's stepping up to the plate. I'm very impressed. I mean, I agree with his, you know, politics and a lot of things. He's doing a damn good job and also explaining things. He's almost like a New Yorker version of FDR in the fireside chats right now. Yeah, you know, check it out. And between the way that he's talking to his people and putting an olive branch out to Donald Trump from the federal government, you know, they're working together with things. Um, I think that's good. But of course, he's calling for the government to do. You know, the Federalist thing, the government should do everything at once, shut down every city and do it unified so that people don't, quote, state shop. You know, go from state to state. So if New York shuts down their bars, then everyone goes over the bridge to Jersey and they go to the bars there. So that's, that's his one of his excuses or ex- explanations. Now, Donald Trump is taking it more from a decentralized point of view. Now, from a libertarian's point of view, he'll, he'll never be decentralized enough. I get that. But he, he is putting Mike Pence in charge of working with the governors and allowing the governors to take control of their individual states and do what they need to do. Case in point, Seattle. I just had a patient of mine who came the other day and his wife is an ER nurse. Well, she said, she told me that she's going into the belly of the beast next week because she was just offered all the nurses um, for emergency pay uh, to go to Seattle they're, they're in dire need of, of nurses, so they're basically cherry-picking and headhunting these nurses from other states. She's being offered $5,000 a week emergency crisis pay, so she's taken off over there. So the, probably the governor of, uh, of Washington state is saying, hey, okay, well, here's the extra money that we need, and they're siphoning health care from other people. So again, is, it, is, it, is the, should the individual states take control of it or the federal government? This is a perfect time where the rubber hits the road on that issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, and we're, and we're seeing that, you know, right now, a lot of people who were, uh, I don't want to say necessarily anti-vaccine, but people who who weren't necessarily pro-vaccine are now coming out you know, and clamoring for the government to do something. We need some sort of, you know, cure for this. And so... You know, I sort of see that being one of the, um, you know, one of the side effects of this is, is you're going to see more clamoring for vaccines and more clamoring for, you know, we need to give, I forgot how, how much money it was, like 8.6 billion to the big pharma in order to try to, you know, produce a vaccine. Where where are they at in terms of trying to produce a vaccine and, and how skeptical or, uh, you know, pro this potential vaccine are, are you, not to uh, hit you with another softball here, but... <laughs>
2: Well, after five years debating Ernie Hancock once a week for three hours at a pop, I you know, I, I've been the, I've been through the mill. Um, by the you're way, coughing, I, you're I, coughing there, Dr. Frank. I know I'm coughing. I'm continue- <coughs> There I go. So, by the way, just to give you a heads up. Uh, I wound up um, getting the flu myself about two and a half weeks ago. Just the standard flu. Um, you know, it doesn't fit the symptoms of Corona, blah, blah, blah. And none of my family has, it. none of my, I don't even know how I got it. Cause all my, my, all the nurses at both my medical offices know everyone's fine, but somehow, but it's just this lingering cough, but I'll tell you what, normally it's not an issue, but now, uh, to be politically incorrect, which I tend to be, I mean, I coughed, you know, just this little cough and everyone stares at you. And I said, God, I feel, I feel like, I feel like being a black man at a KKK conference. Like everyone just like, you just get all of that all that attention you know and i I, sneez- I
1: sneezed in church i know that sneezing isn't not isn't nearly as bad as coughing and like all you could see everyone had to turn around but, like like <laughs> it was a legitimate just like allergy sneeze sorry I,
2: I, I could see a dave chappelle like skit on this somehow but anyway um, someone coughs
0: on me i'm kicking them
2: I'm just being real here. Like, this fear is real, man. Like, a lot of people are dying. I I know I'm not contagious. I know what I've got. But the thing is, I'm at a point where I just have to not be around people just because of the fear. So, anyway, to go back to the virus, let me explain a little bit. I don't want to get too wonky here. So, coronavirus, it's COVID-19, right? And the 19, just to be clear, because some people got this wrong, it does mean it's the 19th in the series. Although, it almost seems that way coming from China. But that aside, the 19 deals with 2019. Okay, that's when this, the outbreak started in China, so it's labeled 19. And probably by next year, when this virus mutates 50 ways to Sunday, we're going to have COVID 20, uh, and probably probably we're going to have COVID 20A, COVID 20B. There might that even be different variants of it. We'll have, anyway, we'll have
1: the big we'll have the big short too. Also, you know, assuming they can still make movies.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, Hollywood, Hollywood's tanking. But anyway, so you have coronavirus, and Corona doesn't deal with the beer; it deals with what's called spiked proteins. So on a virus, there's these little proteins and they, they sometimes can be like, on a microscope, they're like spiky. You know, these, these proteins are so like hairs. And that's, therefore, when there's a bunch of them around the virus, it creates what looks like a corona, kind of like during a solar eclipse. That's what it looks like. And what they look for is one of those proteins, I'm sorry, one of these spike, these spike proteins tends to be the hook. It tends to be the attachment point to the human cell. Now, so many spike proteins attach to a bat, a, a, a cell, a special protein in a bat or a pig. But somehow this thing mutated where one of those spike proteins can attach to something in the human being. And it took, the first problem is to figure out what that is. So the first problem they have is to grow the virus. And that can take months sometimes because usually when you take the virus and you put it into a human cell or any kind of cell, it kills it. So it takes time to find the – it's like you have to find a chimera. You know, which is like you know, maybe half bat, half guinea pig cell, and you put them together and you find some sort of cell that can incubate the virus and not kill it. So the good news is that they figured this out in 12 days, and that's pretty quick. So that was very good. They found a cell that they could breed it in, which then, then they can start to study it. Then they start to study this thing, and then they found the spike protein. And the spike protein is what's called an ACE. It's, called, it's an ACE protein. Now, again, I I, I promise I'll get off the wonkiness in a second, but uh, to be real technical here, ACE stands for angiotensin-converting enzyme. And some of you, some of your people listening, or maybe older, if you have hypertension, some of you take what's called an ACE inhibitor drug for for blood pressure. And so that is what this is. It's an ACE protein. So this virus has found a way to attach itself to the ACE uh, protein in the human body. So now we have a target. We know how this thing is attaching. And what physiological processes are involved? So that's also good. So they figured that out. So that, therefore, once you understand the, the 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 spike protein component and you can break it down, then you can find the test kit, which is which. At least they had the information for the test kit. Now manufacturing and all that—we're discussing those problems. But then you start on the vaccine. So now we get to the vaccine issue. Typically, of course, in typical government process, this takes years and years for safety. Unless it's the MMR combination vaccine, then we don't go through those safety checks. But that is a whole other issue. Okay, we'll put that aside. But that, but but for, but, but, for that point, you need to show some kind of safety. Now, some brave, probably very sick people have put themselves up on the on the chopping block, including a 16 year old, up to some 50 year olds. And there's a they started the study already of giving this vaccine. Just it was like a week or so, so they started already with the fast tracking. Now keep in mind, normally no human being would have been injected with this stuff for at least a year or longer, but they went right in from twelve days of figuring figuring out to breed it to now injecting people with it. So 4500
1: dollars is forty five hundred dollars. I think that's they're giving out uh (laughs) cash for people to to be the guinea pigs for this. Yeah.
2: Well there's also some 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 uh some good things on the horizon I'll mention about antivirals that have been working as well, but we'll say that for a second. But you have this, you have this, this, this vaccine that they're trying right now. The good news is that they rushed it. You know, President Trump took off all these restrictions and said, do it, do it, do it. Um, There's a, there's a term, um, I forget the name of it, but basically when a patient is near death's door or they have no other options, you know, the government still would say you're not allowed to try an experimental drug. Well, Donald Trump uh, basically got rid of that. I mean, that was a few months ago, or actually about six months ago. I give him a lot of credit. He's allowing patients to try whatever they want if nothing else works. Go figure. Thank God. Well, using that same bill and wall that he passed, now they fast track this this vaccine. People have started it. That's the good news. So now the human studies have already begun. The downside, though, is, is that the quicker that you start without trying it on animals first, then the longer the safety period needs to be on the other end with human beings. Keep in mind, as much as everyone's in panic mode, get me the test kit, get me the vaccine. Oh my God, everyone wants it. But you know, we're talking about a government, government deal here. And a lot of people listening don't always trust what the government says. So you have a government that's about to mass produce a vaccine that has not been tested in animals and will barely be tested properly in humans and then mass injected in all of our families, our children, everyone at once. That is a massive risk and undertaking from a medical perspective i'm just saying that that doesn't even include you know you know the whatever else the government could do and i'm not trying to go down conspiracies and be that cynical but you know that's all another concern for some people i know well, well, let's te- let's that.
1: Te- let's, te- let's tease the people with all that next time because i know you do have to get going and uh, anytime yeah, yeah. we ask anyway, you a question. I, about- I, know, I know we could talk for hours and we definitely have all right
2: to- I mean, well i'm so, getting all technical anyway the, so the long story short is we're looking at and they just said this on the conference the other day is that we're looking at about a year that these people who start the trial last week until we find out if it's safe enough. So that means we're not even going to have a vaccine really approved and ready until 2021 early.
1: Well, I know I'm not holding my breath for for a vaccine, but with Doctor Frank's, is a wealth of information on so many different subjects, and we hope he's going to come back as a frequent guest because it's not only just on the medical side of things. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't get crazier on the medical side of things, but I, I have a feeling it is going to. Uh, but you know, a wealth of information, so many different topics. So you know, we definitely appreciate having you here. Where, where can people find more information about you? I know you're not really big online, not big social media, but is there anywhere someone can find out more? information, where to to follow you. Besides, uh, I know there's Freedoms Phoenix. That's with an ass, freedomsphoenix.com. You've got the Trump report where you're pretty much a weekly guest on there for the past five Mm -hmm. years, probably even longer. Uh, We do a lot of joint shows in there every every now and then too. So where where else can people find you?
2: Well, as far as the the political talk, yeah, plenty of archive shows. If you're interested not to be a cheap commercial at the end, but for prostate cancer, I do prostate cancer assessing before people have their prostates biopsied or removed for an early low risk cancer. They usually have me kind of figure out, are you the type that can outlive it or is it really, do you have a, do you have a pit bull in you? And that assessment we do in our offices. You can look me up, just put in Tambori, prostate cancer, and you'll see my name. Uh, right now, you can find me at the Rockwood, uh, the Rockwood Medical Center, the Rockwood Natural Medical Center in Scottsdale, Arizona. So Rockwood, Tambori, prostate cancer, you'll see me everywhere up there. Politics and prostates, that's pretty much my world.
0: They're very related, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Thank, you. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Frank, for joining us today. All right, for thanks for on,
2: and I uh, appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Look,
0: look forward towards more lively conversations here on Change the News Channel.